Thank you, guys. That was awesome. I'm always glad when people sing worship because I love worship, but I don't think I'm ever going to sing. Maybe in heaven God might give me a voice. We'll see. If not, I'm all right with it. He'll probably put me in my own bubble to sing alone. You know, I'll have the, the mat corner mat. You go over there and sing, you know, and I'll be fine with that. But it's an honor to share with you guys this morning. Uh, I, and I've been it, loving unpacking our vision and values moving forward as a church and doing that each week. And I'm really excited for what God is going to do in and through, uh, through our community. This week, I want to unpack one of our values of loving others, which for us means we believe it is clear through Scripture that we have a shared humanity. God calls us to love others in the same way God loved us. That is why our church aims to grow in showing this love to our congregation and the surrounding community. And I just, I really love that's one of our values. And that's the little blurb underneath it. I think it's amazing. It would have been cool because I had a cool slide too. I did a, all these slides. I even went out and I got a remote. So then, you know, I could change it and no one else had to worry about it. But didn't work. I tried. But I love that that's one of our values. And I want to unpack a teaching found in the Gospel of John. Because it's one of the scriptures that's at the heart of this. And it's uh, found in chapter 15. And it's verses 12 uh, through 17. And this Bible passage, on top of being an awesome Bible passage for us as a church, it's one for me as a kid growing up, impacted me a lot and helped me a, a lot when I was uh, trying to do this whole Jesus thing and follow Jesus when I was 15. But before we get into the scripture today, I have a question I want to ask you guys, and it could be hard to answer, so you don't have to say anything. You don't have to raise your hands. But my question is, have you ever judged someone harshly without knowing them? So have you ever looked at someone just by the way they dressed, the way they acted without knowing their story or anything about them, and judged them harshly? Now, you don't have to answer that, but I know I have. I can think of times when uh, Kim and I were at the beach, and uh, we're, we're heading back after an awesome, you know, holiday after I had one of my MMA fights, and we got put up in a hotel, and we're leaving the beach, and, you know, we just have Caleb then, and Kim's pregnant with Gideon, my, my middle son, and we're heading back to the car, and we pass this homeless lady, and we both grip our stuff a bit tighter. She tries to ask us for help, and we act like we didn't hear her, and then we're just like, oh, sorry, we got to keep going with the kids, and we rush off to our car. And we felt awful for it and tried to go back to find her and never did. So it doesn't feel good when you judge someone harshly. Because I feel like sometimes when we think about it, we're like, poop, I got that wrong. And then on the same token, I've been on the other side of the coin where people have judged me harshly. And I can remember being a 15-year-old skater kid and going to church and getting saved. In, uh, saved, becoming, whatever you want to call it, becoming a Christian in that church. I still remember all the time how much people would judge me because of the friends I had, the way I dressed, the music I listened to. Back then, MySpace was a thing. I don't know if MySpace is even still around. I'll have to Google it to see if I still have a MySpace. But that was like your Facebook. Everything did that. Every good youth pastor had that. And I remember people would judge me because my house was the party house. That's just the way it was. I had siblings, and it, it's how my 
siblings were and my friends were. And my friends had my back more than anyone else. They even supported me with the whole church thing more than the church did. And I used to have people judge them so harshly and judge me so harshly. And it hurts. And I know we've all been on that side of the coin one way or the other. And today I want to look at a teaching from Jesus that can help us in this area. But before we get into that, I really like to look at the context around this scripture. So this section of teaching is found in the, script, in the scripture uh, before Jesus is arrested after the Passover feast. So Jesus, if, if you're following along in the Gospel of John, Jesus just got done washing his disciples' feet, which was usually the task for the lowest person or the servant. They would wash the feet. And not only that, I don't know about anyone else, but smell your feet at the end of the day, they are nasty. So you can only imagine, you know, they got sandals on, they're walking in dirt, how nasty their feet would have been. And Jesus, God in skin, takes off his outer garment, it says, so he takes off his coat, gets down on a knee, and washes his disciples' feet. Every one of them. After this, he starts talking to him about how he's the true vine. And he shares a story unpacking this form. And then we get to this section of scripture I want to look at today, where Jesus gives us a new commandment. And this new commandment's at the heart of our value of loving others. So if you want to follow along, open up your Bibles to John uh, chapter 15, verses 12 to 17. Uh, the words would be on the screen, but I can try again. We'll see if the remote works this time. No, it still doesn't work. You'll, you'll have to listen to, to me read it. So. But this is what it says, and I want to read verse 12 to 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. And I just want to pause there because I think it's amazing that Jesus calls us friends. And he gives us this commandment of loving others the way he loved us. And I think it's awesome that when he gives this commandment, he doesn't tell us who the others is. Like, he doesn't say, you know, go love the Jews really well, or go love the Gentiles, or go love the little lady down the street. It's just others. It's everybody. And I think that's really big. Because if we're going to do this Jesus thing, he doesn't call us to just show love to people we understand, or connect with, or that smell nice, or dress nice, or look the way they think, or look the way we think they should. He says everyone. And this means sometimes we have to be slower when it comes to judging others. And I think we got to try to see them through the eyes of Christ. And if we do our best to show love to others by attempting to see them through the eyes of Christ, he calls us friends. Friends with God. 
See, that just amazes me so much. God who made everything. Like, I, I love science. Science can't even figure out where our universe ends. Our universe keeps expanding. And we have a God that made all of that. And it says that this God who made everything, I'm like a little ant base, or probably smaller than an ant. Let's be honest. We like to say God sees us as ants, but I feel like God doesn't have a size. Probably could just be whatever size he wanted to be. But he made everything, and he calls us friends, not servants, not puppets, friends. And that just amazes me. And it gets me every time I think about something like that. But I just want to read the rest of this teaching. So let's read the last two verses. And this is what it says. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. I love, I love the opening of that. How it says that he chose us first. A lot of times we like to think that we chose God, but he chose you first. He chose 12-year-old Matt first. 12-year-old Matt who... I didn't know what I was doing. I was a skater kid. I got into bad things. I was just having fun. I didn't try in school. I mostly slept in school because the teachers were boring. So, you know, if they wanted to keep me awake, they could have tried to be more creative, but they weren't. And then they used to get mad because I was actually kind of good on some things, but I still wouldn't do homework and I'd still sleep in class. But that Matt, God chose. Not the Matt that's standing here now. The Matt who's learned a bit, the Matt who's gotten a bit better at some things and still pretty awful at some other things. He chose the 12-year-old Matt. He chose me first. And he chooses us so we can go and produce more fruit. And a lot of times we get stuck on what does it mean to, you know, what's more fruit? What does that look like when he says, you know, so we could go and bear fruit? What fruit is he talking about? And I believe really a simple way to put it, when he says more fruit, it's examples of the love of Christ in our world. That's the fruit he's talking about. Where those examples come up over and over again in our communities, those examples of Christ's love. And he tells us on this journey that God is with us. And he'll give us the ability to love others the way Christ has called us to. Equipping us, in a sense, to put on our Christ glasses and see people through his eyes. And I say that in reflecting, how often do we do that? How often do we really see other people through the eyes of Christ? Now, I'm not talking about people here. It's easy when you're in church sometimes or easy when you're around people who you agree with or you like or, you know, whatever it is. But how often do you look at people like that? 
How often do we look at someone else and realize that Christ chose them as well? See the beauty that they have. See the beauty that God sees in them. And I think it's funny because I'm so glad loving others is one of our values. Because this right here is the only thing Jesus commanded us to do. And if we do it, it bears fruit, which are examples of his love throughout the community. And I look out at our world and in our community, and I see it crying out for it. So what if we were known as a church that had a Christ-like capacity to love others? What if one day that's what everyone says about Highfields Church of Christ? How much would that affect our church community and the surrounding community? How much would it impact those around us? I mean, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but Highfield is growing. You know, I just moved up here, and I'm near the high school. I see heaps of kids in the high school walking by. I see heaps of families walking by. How much would it impact them if we had a Christ-like capacity to love others? Because I know for me, Someone showing me that kind of love changed my life. I remember being 17, a couple years into my whole following Jesus thing, and being kicked out of a church. And the reason was because Kim and I were in a relationship, and we disclosed some things about how far our relationship went. And since her dad was an elder and other things and just church politics, uh, one Sunday... Uh, they came up to me and told me I could go worship somewhere else. <laughs> and I remember as a 17-year-old kid uh, sitting out on this, uh, it wasn't a bench, it's like a little, I don't know, there's like a garden behind you, like, you know, just sitting on bricks. And after they kind of told me and told me about why, and I'm sure there was reasons, and I was not perfect. So it's not a, you know, awful on them or any means or awful me. It's just, it is what it was back then. And I remember sitting back there feeling crushed, 17-year-old kid not knowing what to do, thinking all my friends were right. The church is just a bunch of hypocrites. No one really cares. And I remember one of my friend's uh, mom, uh, my friend Garrison, who's still a friend of mine, uh, his mom who knew some of the shenanigans we got up to and stuff, uh, she came out and saw me crying, and she just sat with me. Let me cry for a bit, and then she said she really cared and loved for me, and then she said God was bigger than Knollwood Church, and she said you can find him somewhere else, and she said I know it sucks, and she was real about it. She couldn't change anything. No one could. I 
kind of did make some mistakes being a church intern and some of the choices I made. But she sat there with me. She held space. She said God was bigger than the church. And she said I could find him anywhere. And I know that small action stopped a 17-year-old kid from riding off the church. And even after she went away, uh, she took a little bit to go away because she wanted to make sure I was okay. So I think she got like, uh, she called Garrison or someone in our little friendship circle to come hang out with me because I was a bit upset. But she took time out for me. She didn't fix my problem. She didn't make it all better. She didn't go into the church and flip tables and, oh, you hypocrite, how could you? She didn't do any of that. She just showed me love because that's what I needed. And it stopped me from writing off the church. And I wonder if, if as a church, we're willing to love others and try to see others through the eyes of Christ. Because this value I'm talking about today it's really simple to understand, right? It's not that complex. But it gets really complex when it comes to acting it out. But as a church, are we willing to move forward through that complexity to figure it out, to figure out what love requires of us? Because it will be tough to act and live out this commandment from Jesus. I don't think it's an easy one. If it was, everyone else would do it. But love's hard sometimes. And it's complicated. And it's messy. And it's not black and white like we want it to be all the time. It's, it's difficult. And I wonder if as a church, if we're willing to try this. To try to follow this. To know we're going to mess up and get it wrong at some point. But to try to love others. To try to see others through the eyes of Christ. Knowing that Christ will be with us. And he'll give us the strength to love others the way he sees them. Because my heart really is for us as a church to be known for our Christ-like capacity to love others. Producing fruit and showing the world examples of his love here on earth. Bringing the kingdom of heaven down to earth. Because that's what we're meant to be doing. That's what Christ has called us to do. So I would love it if our church was known one day by our Christ-like capacity to love others. And I would love us to go on that journey as a church and to really try to take this on board, to understand that there's complexity with it. It might be simple to understand, but it's hard to act out. And I'm sure anyone in here who has kids might know that because kids are complicated sometimes. I love my kids, but sometimes I just love them so much. I want to just hug them right around the you know neck sometimes but it's hard it's hard love's not simple that's why parenting's so tough that's why marriage is so tough that's why friendships are hard because love isn't simple it's complicated it's messy it's not black and white it's none of those things 
And I wonder if as a church we're willing to dive in to that messiness, to dive into the complexity, to see what God wants to show us, to see where God wants to take us. Knowing that if we do this, this one commandment, God calls us friend and he's with us. And if we're able to do this well, it's going to bear fruit. And I don't know about anyone else, but it would be awesome if Highfields was a community that just had example after example of just Christ-like love throughout the community, where it was just spreading like wildfire. Because that's what our world needs. And that's what I think as a church we need to try to do. And I just want to close in prayer. God, I just really thank you for who you are. I just really pray that you'll help us uh, with loving others. It sounds simple. Uh, It's simple to understand, but it's hard to act out. We all know that. It's complicated. It's messy. It's not as black and white as we want it to be. I just pray that you'll help us in that. You'll help us be known as a church for a Christ-like capacity to love others. And you'll help us take that and bear fruit throughout our communities in Highfields or Crow's Nest or Hampton or wherever it is in the surrounding area, that you'll just have those examples of your love just spread like wildfire in the communities. I pray that as a church you'll help us hold on to the fact that if we, if we try this, if we go forward in this, if we dive into it, you're with us, you'll give us the strength You'll help us see others through your eyes. And you'll call us friends. Diving along with us into the mess and figuring it all out. And I just really pray that as a church, you help us to reflect on this. You'll help us to... You'll help us to know what it means to be your friends and to really love others. In your amazing, matchless name, amen. And I just want to invite the worship band back up to sing uh, one last song for us. But yeah, thank you guys.